and Lex. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, M. Let's coach. Hello, my friend. Hi, Lexi. How's it going? Hi. What if I spoke in whispers? Would you Would you like me more if I spoke in whispers? No, I'd be really annoyed, actually. Okay. And I have to have subtitles on my TV at this point because I, I can't oh. hear anything. I'm so grateful you told me because Greg makes fun of me because I have the TV on like 72 and I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. They, they speak in whispers and mumbles. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. And I have, I have the subtitles on too. I'm like, aha, I, I did understand that word. Yes. It just, yeah. It's crazy. So, so we need hearing aids, but beyond that, um, so, something I'm going to try to articulate to you guys <laughs> that happened. We we record a couple podcasts today in full transparency, but before we were recording the podcast, we were doing some of our back end business flow work, and something led to something. You know, like how you talk about a squirrel, and then all of a sudden you're talking about baking. You don't know how things connect the dots. Anyways, what I'm getting at here is I started scrolling my personal Instagram feed all the way back till when I lived and studied abroad in Italy. And I copied an Instagram that like linked to a post. And I'm like, look, Emily, at the art I made when I was in Italy. <laughs> and she opened it and I expected her to be like, oh my God, Lexi, like you are so talented. And Emily, what was your reaction? I said that uh, with my face. <laughs> her face I don't even know how to describe it it was like frozen shocked trying not to laugh don't know how to react what did you see I, looking back oh at you no. I guess I'm okay so I <clears throat> all right guys before you think I'm just a terrible friend it was beautiful the the shadow <laughs> yes I cannot laugh this is so good okay the shadowing and the the composition was amazing, but the image itself was a little jarring. It was a picture <laughs> of a woman who, who I imagined there was no context. I think this is her mother, but it was just her eyes. And in front of her face was like a full picture of an angel floating inside of a cathedral. <laughs> so <laughs> as one might expect, I was just a little taken aback. Um, I just haven't seen many uh, angels floating in cathedrals recently. So I just had to, you know, get grounded and really take in the beauty that I was. I'm dying. Okay. So the picture she's describing is my mom holding a piece of art I made while in Italy. And I had it. It was not seven. I just want to point that out. This was an adult drawing. This was an adult drawing. And actually something I'm very damn proud of, but the context, which I didn't think like that I would need to give the context. And now before I ever show anyone that picture again, I'm going to need to give the context, but I was studying at an art school and the assignment was to go into a cathedral somewhere in Italy, find a portion of a mural and recreate it 
with a self-created medium. So I had to like take a picture of a painting in a church and then I took powder and egg yolk to make paint. And it took like this painting took like two, um, two months because of the medium I was anyways, I digress. It is a very specific, like ancient floating angel cathedral photo. And I guess now I make sense that you probably wouldn't have thought that I would paint that. And maybe I'm just not a very serious person. So I'm the worst art critic here. But But I would like, you know, this is a great homework assignment for everyone. If you have a painting that you want to share with us, please do. Please do. We're we're now opening the art critic division of Ready, Set, Coach. And if you want to see this painting, you're going to have to work for it. So you're going to have to DM, (laughs) DM us, Lux, got to see this picture. And I will. I'll like, hold me to it. I will share with you this very specific type of painting I did, which is just so on theme, you know, being specific, because today we're talking about how to find your perfect coaching niche. Wow. 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 Well done. Lexi, I think she could be a coach on transitions, a transition coach. But I'm not. So what I am is (laughs) (laughs) I'm a business coach and PR coach and a co-founder of Ready Set Coach. Heyo, with you, my friend. So let's dive into this topic today. Okay, I'm going to set the scene for you, Emily. Hi, my name's Lexi. I have an existing business or I have an existing job and I'm really interested in dabbling, starting up a coaching side hustle. But how that, what kind of coach should I be? Where should I start? Who should I serve? Oh, I think this is one of the hardest questions, but one of the most important questions to think about when deciding to become a coach. And in all transparency, guys, we help individuals that have successful businesses or are working at corporate jobs and they want to launch a coaching business. So one of the things, if you're at that discovery stage of your life and you're like, guys, I want to, I want to become a coach, but I'm so overwhelmed by what it is. So what are the key points you should keep in mind while selecting a coaching niche. I think one of the things that you have to think about is what are you good or what are you passionate about? So I love to use Lexi Lexi Smith as an example. Lexi Smith was a VP at a growing telecom communications company doing PR. Did I get that right, Lex? Pretty damn close. We'll Pretty go with it. Close. Keep going. Okay. Okay. And when she decided she wanted to become a coach, she wanted to take the skill of not doing PR for other people, but teaching people how to do PR. So similarly, if you are a marketing manager and you are a badass at helping at writing emails and organizing marketing systems and flows, how could you teach your clients or could you teach your clients to do just that? Yeah, really, you're wanting to find a problem to solve, right? Where can you marry your passion with a problem to solve? And guys, we have seen, let's give them more examples because we've seen some of the most unique coaches um, in the last few years. Emily, I know you specifically have a whole arsenal of really fascinating ones. (laughs) We've seen everything from sleep coaches to period coaches to fertility nutritionist coaches to pause. um, What does that mean? So give me an example, give everyone an example. What the heck is a period coach? What problem are they solving? Not questions. No, I'm just kidding. Period questions. Bad joke. All right. (laughs) 
you're not here for that one. All right. Um, so period coaches, if someone, if you were struggling with your period or your menstruation and you need uh, support on figuring out why am I having these terrible cramps or I'm not getting my period, she helps you understand what is going on on the back end and finding a solution for your problem. And what is her background? How, how do you think she came about to solving that problem that seems so specific? So I know for this particular individual, she had struggled with her own period and she had done a lot of research and ultimately was able to get her menstruation back on track and heal herself. So her, she's motivated by her own personal experience and helping others achieve the same results. And I love that you just highlighted that because you don't have to coach on the same thing you do during the day, your day job, for example. You could be a marketing manager and kick ass at your job, but have no desire to bring marketing home with you. So maybe there's something personal, like what Emily just shared, another lived experience that you feel more fulfillment through or feel called to service or to help others with. And coaching gives you this really beautiful opportunity to be able to do that without needing to quit the day job if you don't want to. Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great point, Lex, that you can have this something that you are passionate about or something that is a unique skill to you that you're not using during your corporate job, or maybe you're not using it even on your business, but you want to bring it out into the world and you want to have more impact in the world in this particular area. Yeah. And so step one really is like, just sit down. If you already know, great. But if you don't bullet point out a bunch of problems that you passionately or genuinely would like to solve. I think from there, we need to go and see if there's a need in the market, right? Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? You do some market research. And that is something we've talked about in other episodes, but that starts even with your own community. That's asking your friends, that's asking your family, that's asking friends of friends, that's asking Facebook groups or members of Facebook groups. Like, is this something that you think is needed? I also think a really good indicator in the coaching space, if you can find other coaches coaching on that topic, it's actually a really, really good sign that there is a need in the market. Now, when I decided to go into PR coaching, actually kind of the opposite was the case. I didn't find a lot of PR coaches there are now, but at the time I, I thought there was, there was a few on the market. And so to be honest, I wasn't fully sure about the need, but I felt passionately that I could teach people and what an undertaking that has been anyways, but (laughs) teach people why they should learn this. So the reason I'm sharing that is while it can be a really good sign, if there is competition, if you don't see other coaches, that doesn't necessarily mean the need isn't there. Just do a bit more due diligence. And for me and my, when I started coaching, I focused on helping people build their business through events, partnerships, and communities. So that was really creating some sort of event series or creating partnerships, getting really good at cross collaborating with other individuals to grow and over to amplify the, the messaging of their business. And what I want to highlight about Emily is she was a, a business coach who specialized in a very specific way of growing your business. Now, Actually, in our last episode, if you guys are regular listeners, we talked about this a little bit, but one of the things that we see commonly 
is people fearing niching down because they think Mm -hmm. if they niche down or if they commit to something, either one, they're going to be leaving money on the table or two, I think honestly, sometimes they just, they feel like they don't want to limit themselves. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not going to lie, Lex. I'm one of those people. I feel like it can be hard sometimes when I'm like, this is my niche. And truly my niche started out with events, partnerships, and community. I have since served people who don't necessarily take advantage of that area of expertise. And I help focus them on different ways, but I always market to events, partnerships, and community. And I think there's, there's something to be learned there that, you know, in the last episode, we talked about the four M's, the fourth M being messaging. And there's a lot of strategic advantages to picking a niche, to picking a lane to stick in, to becoming known for something specific. But then on the other side, you're going to evolve. You're human. You're allowed to evolve. So if you are feeling really, really hung up, on needing to perfect however you enter the world of coaching, that you need to have your niche 100% nailed down right now. Give yourself grace and know that's going to evolve. Yes, pick and commit to one now, but know that you're allowed to change your mind down the line. Yeah. I mean, thinking about you, Lex, and even thinking about Ready, Set, Coach, we support women in such bigger ways than what we just both mentioned about our niches. Hey Lex. Yes. Did you know that we're starting our fourth cohort of Ready, Set, Coach in February? Obviously I knew that, Emily. But if you (laughs) didn't know that, you can head online to learn more at readysetcoachprogram.com. The link is in our show notes. I don't want everyone listening to be confused and think we're saying, okay, pick a niche, but wait, you also don't have to. Here's, I want to very clearly articulate what we're saying. There is a lot of strategy to picking a niche um, from a business standpoint, from standing out in the market. But on the personal side of the coin, we just want you to know that you're human and you're allowed to evolve. So that's Uh like... I love that. Uh, yeah, I love that <laughs> clarification. I think that is is so important. So I want to recap. So you're listening to us. You're like, okay, guys, yeah, I'm, I'm I want to be a coach. I know I want to be a coach, but during the day, I'm a marketing manager, but I don't want to be a marketing coach. But I'm really kind of struggling to decide what I want to be a coach. But I had a great experience at working with a coach, so I know it's my life's passion. People always come to me uh, asking me questions like, this is something I want to do. So back to reiterate what we were saying, you know, what are you good at or what are you passionate about? Did you just have a baby and you are so flipping passionate about breastfeeding or you're so passionate about making their own baby food from scratch? Or are you passionate about, um, trying to think of something else people are passionate about, um, getting into shape postpartum, whatever it is that you're passionate about. And you know that you're good at, like when people say to you, God, you're good. You're always so good at fill in the blank, write that down. And then mm-hmm. what are your other unique, unique skills? Like, are you someone, I just saw this Instagram actually of this gal the other day who keeps a spreadsheet of um, responsibilities with her partner and who does what with the house. And so maybe you're like an insanely amazing project manager for families and you want to help other people become like a super organized family 
rock star relationship thing. So your expertise, you could be a coach on like family management. Yeah. Really the sky's the limit when you come to picking that category. Now, once you have your category and your problem to solve, we actually want to challenge you to niche down even more. And here's an example what niching down even more means. So let's use the example, just this is a good one, of business coach. Cool. Category chosen. The problem you want to solve high level is helping small businesses grow. Great. How can we niche down further? Here are some things to think about. What type of business owners? Are you helping female business owners? Men? Men? What stage of business? Is it a pre-startup company? Is it a newly launched mom and pop? Or is it, you know, in the tech industry? Are you going to niche down by industry? Beyond that, psychographics. What's the, the current mindset of a given client that you want to work with? So it could be, I'm working with female entrepreneurs in the startup space who really, really love to learn. Now, what are some other examples? Understanding the values of, of the individuals, of the clients, of is this, is this something that you want to, do you want to work with people who are starting businesses that they want to support their, their family as like a side hustle, or this is their vacation fund, just understanding who these people are and what they, what they want. Okay. So once you've, you know, really dug deep and gone into the demographics and the psychographics of the person you want to work with as a coach and the industry you want to play in. The next key is to be able to market and talk to them effectively. And something that Emily and I talk with our group about a lot in Ready, Set, Coach is you have to meet them where they're at today and then paint a picture of where they can go. So do you want to give a couple examples of that, Em? And I'll set you up with the, the new mom who gained Lexi who gained like pounds during pregnancy and wants to put off the weight. What, what do I mean by meeting me where, where I'm at? But you want to talk about the pain points of the, of the current situation. So current situation is you might be feeling self-conscious or maybe a little depressed even, or feeling not as sexual or not feeling as motivated to start working out because you're a failure. And why would I work out? Because I can't lose the weight and you might be in spiral mode. Should I be a coach for this? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> And you want to be able to talk to them about that current problem and really see them. And you want to be able to relate to them, but you also want to let them know about the the future Lexi who will be frolicking on a beach and who will sipping margaritas following your time working together. And I think something you're highlighting so beautifully is that a niche can be as simple as niching down on a very specific pain point or problem, right? You could work with new moms who are really struggling with confidence issues. Mm-hmm. That's where they're at today. And it's something to think about in your language too. An example, a mistake I made when I first launched the PR bar was using all this language in the PR industry and my marketing, like get, do press releases and get your boilerplate. And the reality was the people I wanted to work with, they didn't know PR yet. They didn't know those words. They didn't know what that meant. And so I had to meet them where they're at and speak in a way in a language and address current pain points that they could understand now. And just know that over time, by the end of working with me, they'll have the acumen to, to learn the language at that point. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really great point to call out is like speaking, kind of speaking to a 10-year-old, speaking to something that's digestible and also um 
easy to replicate and to regurgitate if for whatever reason this person meets you or stumbles upon your website and you're not the right fit for them, they can regurgitate it for another person that you might be the solution to their problem. And not to get too ahead of ourselves here, but something we want to paint to you, because this is inevitably what ends up happening, is you're going to start with one niche when you start the side hustle, this business, whatever form of coaching, and you're going to start going after a specific type of person. And as you actually start coaching, really pay attention to the types of clients you're really jiving with and the ones that, you know, you could pass on. And you might even discover within the coaching, active coaching process, you can identify elements that create or evolve your niche into something else. Yeah. I think that's a really great point to make. So Lex, in conclusion of our soapbox for today, what is an example of an evolution of, of coaching? Yeah. So I actually, I've seen this within Ready, Set, Coach. Um, so when we first launched Ready, Set, Coach, we really, really went after people who were fully committed to coaching full-time and they really just wanted to craft a coaching business to support their lifestyle. And by all means, we still have people who fit that archetype to this day. But as we look back after graduating each cohort on the women we really liked to work with the most and who saw the most success in our programs, we identified a very specific niche in the fact that these people usually were already business owners or professionals, and they were getting into coaching as an additional revenue stream. So that ended up becoming a niche we decided to double down on. And while the values were still the same, you know, it has become really to our advantage and has allowed us to stand out in a very saturated market to, to lean in to that, that niche that did inevitably evolve through active coaching. I think that's a beautiful example and a beautiful real life applicable example. And Lexi, my homework giver of humans, (laughs) what homework do you want to give to our listeners today? Yeah, I think, you know, you guys are going to be at different points when you're listening to this. Some of you might already be doing the damn thing. You might already know your niche. Um, What I challenge you to do is just to think a little bit, you know, outside of the box and what niche can mean. Start brainstorming more of the intangibles, like what is the current mindset level of someone you want to work with? What are some of the psychographics? What are their values? What are some of their pain points? Go beyond the male, female. They're living in this city. They make this amount of income and start to get creative. What are their their passions on the side? And if you have current clients, great. You can look back and start to, to pull components out. If not, dream a little. Mm, great, great, great homework. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Ready, Ready Set, Set Coach, Coach podcast. podcast. See you next time. Bye. If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.